Welcome to the Wired for Success podcast, your show for ambitious, mission-driven entrepreneurs who understand that there's more to entrepreneurship than finding the latest flash-in-the-pan strategies, who understand that in order to build your empire, you need a solid foundation. I wholeheartedly believe that entrepreneurship is the biggest self-development journey you can be on, and it's my mission to help you make that journey easier. In this show, I bring together the very best from science, self-development and entrepreneurship to set you up for sustainable success. Hi, I'm Claudia Gabbett, the scientist and mindset coach behind this show, and you're listening to the Wired for Success podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wired for Success podcast where we talk about all things science, self-development and entrepreneurship that help you get to that next level of success in your life and business. And today I'm bringing you another exciting interview episode. My guest today is Christian Espinosa, the founder and CEO of Alpine Security, a cybersecurity engineer, certified high-performance coach, professor, speaker, coach and trainer in the Secure methodology. And as if that wasn't enough, he's also an Air Force veteran and Ironman triathlete. And that sounds super interesting, and I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. So welcome, Christian, and thank you so much for taking the time to be on my show today. Yeah, no problem, Claudia. I'm looking forward to it. Now, it sounds like you're doing a million different things. Can you please tell us how you got started on your entrepreneurial journey and how you got to where you are right now? Yeah, so I'll kind of give a quick background. Um, I, I grew up chasing significance and certainty. Uh, I grew up in a very chaotic environment, childhood. So when I first got you know, into the workforce, I wanted a stable job that provided certainty and you know, made me significant. So I started off with a, the typical job um, and the typical white picket fence story and as I went through that, I, I eventually got kind of bored with it. And I had a defining moment where I had a run-in with the CEO of a company I was working with. And I just sat, decided to quit that job, uh, which was a very high-paying job. You know, I, had, I was a VP of a company. I just decided to quit. And I, I quit because my mental um, sanity was like starting to decline, my mental health. And I felt like at that moment that what was more important was my mental health uh, than any amount of money that I could get paid and any title I could have. So I just quit this job without having any other job lined up. And this is the very first time I'd ever quit a job without having another one lined up. I just said, you know, I'll figure it out. And after I quit that job, I became like a freelancer. I just leveraged all my contacts. I decided I'm going to like not work for somebody else. I'm going to do freelance work. So I did that for like five years or so. And then the freelance work I felt was, it was great, but it wasn't very fulfilling. I was making a lot of money, uh, I had a lot of free time, and, but then I thought I'm not really contributing to the level I wanna contribute. So I decided to start my company, Alpine Security in 2014, because I felt like how else can I grow and contribute back to society by starting a business and hiring other people. Uh, and, and I thought that was like the next logical step in my journey. And then I sold my company in 2020 actually. So now I'm 
working for the parent company. We're a wholly owned subsidiary, actually. So that was kind of like the journey of why I started my business. And then why I had my business, um, I, I thought it would be a lot simpler to just start a business and grow it and hire people. But I ran into challenge after challenge after challenge. And anyone on the entrepreneur journey knows this. Uh, there's just tons of challenges. And some, some days I just felt like, you know, curling up in the floor and crying myself, crying to myself to sleep. Other days I feel like everything's going perfectly. But one of the things I, I had the biggest challenge with was my staff, because uh, I work in a highly technical industry. And my staff gets their significance by being smarter than other people. Right. And, and in cybersecurity, uh, if you are, and if you're always positioning yourself as being smarter than someone, it doesn't make for great collaboration with each other. True. Nor does it make for you know great conversations with a client or a prospect because uh, we're talking typically over their head. So I realized that the technical skills that I had thought were so important in my business and in me in the past were less important than the people skills. And that's what I wrote my book about was that journey of developing people skills uh, with high IQ, low EQ people. Mm, that's so interesting. And I really like how this illustrates this it reminds me of this Maslow pyramid of needs where you have this, this security and safety at the bottom and then you want to do something that's more fulfilling. And eventually you get to that position where it's really about contributing to a bigger cause. And it's this slow ascent up that pyramid that's kind of illustrated by the story that you just shared. And as you also shared, and as I know from my own experience, Entrepreneurship is really a straight line. It often involves a lot of zigzags and back and forth. So what were some, you already mentioned some of that, like, but what are some of the other biggest challenges that you had to overcome so far and how did you overcome them? So except from uh, problems with your staff, what other obstacles um, did, you, did you encounter? The... One of the biggest obstacles for me is was mindset. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, as an entrepreneur and a business owner, and someone you know running the business as a CEO, what I had to realize is the business is a reflection of me. So yeah. it's only going to grow to the to the point that I grow. So I have to like look inward and, and address myself and why these problems are showing up in my business. Uh, you know, it's something to do with me. It's not an external factor. There's external factors at play, but the primary factor is, is me because I'm either trying to brute force something, which I did a lot. I thought, you know, I'll just work harder on this and it will turn out because it worked for me in the past. But what got me to a certain point is not going to get me to the next point. So I had to, so you know, change my strategy on a number of things, including who I hired and how I hired them and how I looked at our clients, how I looked at the industry, how I managed the cash flow. There's all these things that were ultimately, you know, issues that I had to resolve internally before my business would be able to resolve those issues. I love that you bring that up because that is something that I see happening so many times. And that's why I always say that entrepreneurship is kind of like the biggest self-development journey you can be on because your business really is a reflection of the inner work that you do because we all have those limitations and challenges and if we don't work through them they will stop us at some point we will reach that point like you described this invisible ceiling um, mm -hmm. 
this like a plateau that we just can't um get get away from or we just can't get to the next level at least that's what it feels like because we are so so many times we're just focusing on all those external things like the strategies the tactics but we never mm -hmm. stop long enough to to actually take stock and see the underlying problems the things that are really holding us back now another critical thing that many people don't stop to think about is that success looks different for everyone mm -hmm. so one entrepreneur might make say 500k a 500k a year and feel like an utter failure because to him success means earning a million dollars a year and he just can't seem to get there and yet another entrepreneur might just make 100k a year and is totally happy with that because to him making 100k a year is how he defines business success and no offense, but from what you've shared, it sounds like you used to be one of those super driven, hardworking overachievers who were addicted to success because it made them feel worthy and validated and safe. And I'm totally okay calling this out because I used to be the same. Yeah. And now I hate and now I have the same kind of overachievers to understand why chasing milestones and successes will only keep them stuck on a hamster wheel, going through mm -hmm. repeating cycles of fear and hard work and achievement and frustration, because it will never be enough. As long as they don't change that subconscious programming, they will always be on the run and it will feel like they're spinning their wheels without getting anywhere. So I'm curious, how did you experience that period in your life when you felt that need to be the smartest guy in the room and what made you change your mindset around that what um is this i don't know if there's like one thing that made me change my mindset there's one defining moment of why i wrote the book uh, for me i've i've been into a lot of self-development personal development and i've done a lot of work uh, and, and sometimes when you do the work, you know, things don't click immediately, but then later on, you know, all the dots, you can connect them backwards. Yeah. And, and with me, uh, you know, what, one of the things I realized is because of my childhood being very chaotic and, and all that and extreme poverty, I valued stability and significance because I didn't have it growing up. And that, that's a good, that, those aren't bad things. It gets you so far, right? Because it, it gave me that drive. It gave me that ambition. It gave me this thing like, it's me against the world. I'm going to conquer everything. But at some point, you know, I'm part of the world. And, uh, you know, I, I had to like sh shift that and realize like what's suffering because of my desire to chase success and significance is my connections, right? right? There's like a paradox there between significant. If we want to be ultimately you know, really significant and really unique, we often like uh, look at differences in people and try to compare ourselves. And it, and it, it puts us divide in our connections and our yes. fulfillment ultimately, because ultimately for me, uh, it, it was like this lonely journey. And I realized though, as an entrepreneur, uh, there's other entrepreneurs you can connect with. There's other people on this journey. And the journey is, is typically much more fulfilling if you're doing it with other people and learning from other people because there's only so much you can learn when you're in your head by yourself kind of like what you said earlier about a business is it, you know it's a good mirror for your own growth it's like a business 
in a, in a relationship are like two things that will shine a mirror on you and show you what you really need to work on if you're you know, willing to work on it. And um, for me, it, it showed me that you know, when I was responsible for all these other people in my business, that you know, the problems I was having where they were trying to be significant like I was in the past. I saw myself in their behavior, my former self. Mm-hmm. And I realized this is something I need to try to shift in myself and in my staff and, and shift us more towards empathy and connection and awareness and bringing bring back the human element to like a highly technical industry, really. I love that because I think as long as we define success as being the best, it disconnects us from all the other people because everyone else mm-hmm. is just competition. If you look at the world um, through that lens, everyone else is competition and you really separate yourself from the rest because you're trying to be the best. You're trying to be at the top. Everyone else is kind of below, below you. And when you shift that and you involve others, you, you, you get feedback and you, you connect with others, then this opens up so many more opportunities and possibilities and for, for growth, for personal growth and business growth. So I think that's a very powerful thing to do. Now, how do you personally define success right now? I know this can change over time, but how do you define it over uh, right now? For me right now, success is when I feel I'm living congruently with my authentic self. Right. That's how I, how I would define success. Uh, and it's something I've been thinking quite a bit about recently. Uh, well, not just recently, but for a while, uh, you know, a lot of people, want to have a certain amount of money in the bank, which is great. Um, but that could go away. You know, they want to have a certain house or all these things. And those are external things. But I think it success needs to be ultimately how you feel about yourself on a daily basis. You know, if you're if you are always chasing something, you're going to be like the hamster on the wheel, like you said, and you're not going to probably feel successful because it's always going to be what's the next thing. So to me, it's that congruence and that contentment and being okay with who I am and where I am in my journey uh, and not, you know, judging other people. Cause like what you said earlier about, you know, if we're always chasing significance and comparing ourselves, we're basically making judgments. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're making judgments, it's always a comparison and it makes us feel either small or big. It's just like yo-yo thing. So yeah, I just think, um, being content with who you are and being congruent with what, what you're, what you believe that's to me a success. I love that definition. It's, it really resonates with me. So what do you do on a daily basis to get closer to that personal version of success? I do a lot of um, introspection and I, I, I do a lot of uh, different things. Like I, I, I like last night I, I did this, um, it's called a family constellation Um it's sort of a, I don't know if you call it therapy or, or, or a session, but it's, you know, it's, it's the thing where you, you go through this experience uh, and somebody is, you know, representing somebody else, the, 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 per, the family constellation therapist is representing someone else. And you see how you in your constellation with all these other people, how, how your energy and how you interact and how they interact and how all this stuff ties together. And how maybe in this scenario, 
you know, you took something a certain way because you have a filter based mm -hmm. on your, you know, your own life journey and the other person has a filter. So, so a lot of it's increasing the awareness. So to me, um, these are some of the things I do to improve uh, myself and, and, and really to kind of unlearn a lot of the things we've already learned. It's like we've, we've been programmed through school and our parents and, and, and college and society to, to think a certain way, but that certain way actually uh, causes a lot of friction within ourselves. So it's important to kind of step back uh, and get a, a view of the bigger picture and see where you fit into things and how you can improve. Yes, that's exactly what I help my clients with. This really rewiring your brain so mm -hmm. that you can reduce that friction, this internal resistance or all those things that are holding us back. And I think awareness is so important because without awareness, we can't change anything. So awareness yeah. is really the first step toward change. And I read that you are a long distance runner. And I love that because I'm a runner too. And I increasingly enjoy the longer distances. But when I say longer distances, right now we are talking like 10K to a half marathon. So I know that any real long distance runner doesn't look at 10K or a half marathon as a long distance. It's more like a warm up. <laughs> but to me, I mean, my favorite distance used to be the 100 meter sprint. So to okay. me, a half marathon is quite a long distance. Yeah. Anyhow, the one thing that I noticed about endurance sports and that I find super interesting is that it seems to attract those hardworking overachiever personalities. Is that something that you have noticed too? That, that is definitely something I've noticed. Um, and you know, it's attracted me. I do the Ironman triathlons. Uh, and I, I don't necessarily do it so much from the competitive aspect uh, as it's like a more of a lifestyle. It's something on the calendar where I know I need to get ready for, and it forces me to like, you know, train and there's a purpose for my training. Uh, and I like the journey of the, the race itself. So, but, but most of the people I would say, yes, would be the, you know, the stereotypical type a personalities you, you hear people say, uh, and mainly in, um, I wouldn't say ultra running. I would say Ironman triathlon, uh, ultra running, um, like the long distances, I'm talking like 50 K and above, yeah. uh, those, those, those people seem a little more like hippie ish, you know, like in, in human <laughs> nature <laughs> than the Ironman crowd. So, so it's a little bit, it's a little bit different. The Ironman crowd definitely fits that paradigm. Uh, you mentioned though. Right. Yeah. I thought that, so my theory about this is that a, those are really usually people who begin endurance sports because they are literally running away or biking or swimming away from something that's haunting them, even though they mm. are not always consciously aware of that. B, they have no problem pushing themselves really, really hard, even if it hurts. So when normal people would stop because of the pain, those people just keep pushing. And being able to endure the pain and push through it already feels like victory to them. Because again, it makes them special. Maybe it's like being the toughest guy in the room instead of being the smartest guy in the room. So yeah. I think there's definitely a parallel there. And another thing that's, I think, really important um, is that endurance sport communities, they are these often like small but tight-knit communities yeah. where people really support and respect each other. So it's 
as you said, it's not so much, much about the competition. I think it's more about community. And that feeling of belonging and community is something that those high achievers desperately crave and something we talked about before. What do you reckon? Does that sound about right? <laughs> uh, I think that's pretty spot on. Uh, you know, I was thinking when, as you're talking about that, I actually was been thinking about that this week because uh, I noticed like during my day, I'm like, I need to go do a bike ride and, and it needs to be three hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if I go do that bike ride for three hours, I'm kind of like thinking about my own stuff, like, but it's typically a different, like, not a different sort of reflection than if I were to like sit with whatever I'm working on. So it's like almost like I am running away. I'm avoiding something by going into this training versus sitting with the discomfort of whatever I'm dealing yeah. with. So there is that. And then yeah, I do like to be challenged and like with an Ironman and push through the pain. I feel like that's good training. Um, you know, we all have, it's a different type of pain. It's a lot of it's mental in an Ironman and there is that camaraderie. I think one of the things that I've struggled with is belonging. I always felt like I was outside of a circle and I still struggle with this. And, you know, I realized that the, the belonging is really a decision. Like when, if I'm part of a triathlon community, they're not going to invite me in and they have this ceremony and all this stuff. I just need to just decide to be part of that community and, and act like I'm part of the community. And that's something I struggled with for a long time, especially as an entrepreneur. I used to feel like I didn't fit in anywhere and I would join like these CEO groups and I would always be on the periphery, afraid to like speak up because I might reveal I don't know something and, and I might, you know, show that my business isn't really doing quite as well as that is everyone may think it is. And, and when I was doing that, that posturing, I wasn't connecting and I wasn't belonging and I didn't get anything out of it. So it, it took me a while to shift that to think, you know, I need to just be me yeah. and, and every, everyone else, hopefully they're being them and together we can support each other. And, and when I started doing that, I realized a lot of people want to help, you know, they want to help you on your journey but they're not, you're not going to experience that unless you put yourself in the right place and are open to that and create the space for that. So true. You really have to get out of your head to be able to connect to those other people. Yeah. Now back to business. So what do your 2021 business goals look like and how close are you to achieving them? So 2021, uh, I've got a couple goals. One of them is with my parent company, uh, Server Sentinel. I'm working to help us get on uh, uplisted to NASDAQ. Uh, so that's one of our goals to get our stock on the NASDAQ. We're on the OTC right now. Uh, the other one uh, for my personal brand, uh, to follow my book, I recorded a course on my secure methodology. And that course is currently in um, production, it's almost done. So I'm hoping to have that released this month and then follow that up with uh, different offerings. Like somebody could take the course, just like a do it yourself or one where they do it with me, where once a week I do coaching that supports the course. Uh, and that launch is one of my biggest initiatives uh, this year. Great, so best of luck for that. And- Thank you. What do you perceive as the biggest challenge that you need to overcome in order to achieve those goals? Is there anything that's standing in your way that you're still struggling with or is it all mapped out and it's just on track? (laughs) 
yeah, the, the thing that's standing in my way is myself. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I, as much as I think I'm ready to like fully step into, you know, a purpose or fully embrace something and play really big. I, I find myself having these, this mental dialogue saying, well, you're, this isn't as good as this other person's thing, or uh, who do you think you are doing that? So it's like getting over that and yeah. embracing fully uh, what I feel, what other people have told me is like, is my purpose that it's getting over myself is really the biggest challenge. Right. So a little bit of the imposter syndrome that creeps up, which is yeah. totally normal. <laughs> a, little, a little bit of that or like the toe dipping, you know, instead of just yeah. dipping the toe, just go full in. Right. And, yeah. and, and I don't know why that's been going on with me because I'm normally like a hell yes or hell no person. I try to avoid the maybe, but for some reason <laughs> I've been gravitating back to maybe it might be like the comfort zone. Right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that's something I've been, I've been, I've been working on. <laughs> so in general, how do you set goals for yourself? Do you use a specific technique that you find most helpful or how do you go about it? Yeah, I, I set goals. Um, I usually try to figure out what the, the, the end date is I want to do or what I want to do, what the date is I want to have it done by and then work backwards and then figure oh. out, okay, I think it's going to take 500 hours if I want to have it done by, let's say, December 31st. It's going to take 500 hours. So as of today, between now and December 31st, how can I work 500 hours? And is that even feasible? Mm -hmm. If I can't, uh, then I need to push the date back. You know, I don't think it's, uh, the date is necessarily as important as my own sanity. But if I can, I need to figure out each day or every other day, I need to block, a, you know, a, a physical block of time on my calendar off to right. support that goal. Because what happens is a lot of us, and I've done this in the past, we'll, we'll set a goal, And we just will work on it when we find the time, right? Um, but we rarely find the time. So what I do is set the goal, figure out the hours, and then schedule the time as a block in my calendar, like from you know, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., I'm working on this specific thing, which means I'm not checking my email, I'm not checking my Slack, I'm not doing anything else but that specific thing. And then I you know, make sure I'm making the progress. Super important. So thanks so much for sharing. Sure. Now, last but not least, where can our listeners find you online if they want to connect or work with you? My website's probably the best place. It's christianespinoza.com. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn as well and other social media. I'll make sure to add those link to the, links to the show notes. So again, right. thank you so much for this wonderful interview and for sharing all those tips and insights. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. I, I'm happy to be uh, on here and I appreciate the uh, great questions. Sure thing. So all the best and good luck for achieving your goals to talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wired for Success podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. If you did, please take a sec to rate and review my show. It would mean the world to me because you'd help me reach more entrepreneurs like yourself who would love this show. If you'd like to learn more about creating a widely successful business without sacrificing your health, relationships or sanity, make sure to stick around and subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And why don't you help me spread the word and share this show with your friends? I'd really appreciate it and I'm sure your friends will too. 
Want to continue this conversation, build real relationships and join a community of like-minded entrepreneurs? Come join my free Facebook community for visionary entrepreneurs. I would love to see you there. In the meantime, if you haven't done so already, grab my free brain priming audio file for entrepreneurs and start priming your brain for success in less than five minutes each morning. Curious? You can learn more about how this works and download the audio file at www.wiredforsuccess.solutions. Until next time, bye.